Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. Always great to have you with me, and I have a great lineup of guests for you today. You know, one of the things that we talk about uh, is the importance of your branding. And, uh, you know, I talk to a lot of business owners. As a matter of fact, I talked to a large group of business owners yesterday. And one of the things that we like to talk about is, you know, what are you going to do to, to increase and enhance the value of your business in the couple of years, if you, if you have the luxury of that time, or at least the time before you put your business up for sale. What are you doing to enhance the value of your business? And it really, a, a big part of that is how you are branding yourself, how you're showing up. And we're going to talk about this, how to scale your business by upping your branding. So, Renee, thank you so much for joining me this morning, and welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, uh, not half as excited as we are because this is a topic that we love to hear about. And and so, you know, the best way that we like to get started, Renee, as you may know, is is to find out a little bit more about our guests, what, you know, what, how you got started uh, in your pathway in, in, in this business. Well, I, I was fortunate at a young age to really know what I wanted to do. I used to watch, um, for your baby boomer audience, the Merv Griffin show and um, Carol Burnett, Mike Douglas with my grandmother. And I, I said, oh, I think that's what I want to do. I want to go into television. And my grandmother said, well, you could do that. You could do anything that you want. And I basically, you know, had this, you know, need to make sure that the truth was always told, whether it be in entertainment or in um, issues that were going on in the world. And I, I started out doing news topics as a producer. I, you know, I started from the bottom, of course, getting coffee and running around. And, and I really felt that I had, I had that thing that you need to have, um, plus the enthusiasm, and I was hungry. I was hungry to be successful. I didn't grow up with a lot. And I loved being able to tell the truth to masses in the world about what's going on in the world, whether it be about business or politics or lifestyle items, et cetera, lifestyle topics. And I was fortunate. I, I worked really hard as a production assistant and then worked my way up to producer level. And a colleague of mine was going to CNBC when the network was ramping up and said, I want you to come over. And so I went, I left the station that I was at and, um, 
you know, worked with a lot of financial people, obviously, at CNBC, and we worked – I was there the very first year that the network launched. And then from that from that place, I, um, you know, went to the Montel Williams show as a producer, and, you know, hmm. I my last producing gig was with Anderson Cooper, um, and I decided that I now wanted to do the other side of the coin. Um, I wanted – you know, I saw a lot of things happening in, in the digital world, and I felt that there was a need. Um, and I went into corporate PR in New York and really learned that side as inside out as I could, working with the executive team um, for a large internet retail site. And um, and then about five years ago, I decided to go out on my own. And I'm happy that I did because um, I see a lot of incongruency going on for companies and brands and individuals, and I, and I really, you know, I feel like they need to know what they're doing wrong, um, and they need to fix it because I, I have this phrase that I say, um, you know, looking current is your currency. And um, a lot of baby boomers don't know what looking current is, unfortunately. They know their wheelhouse of business leadership strategy or whatever it is that they know how to do, but they don't know how to present it. And that's where yeah, we good come point, in. Good and, point. In a new world yeah. where you're where you're trying to influence or or look good to a, a new normal out there. I mean, we've all seen we've all seen things like websites from the you know from the what well, I guess old would be like the 90s. <laughs> you know, in this right. world because yeah. there weren't websites much before that. But we've all seen those, and what a brand new one looks like. They look a lot different, and it's important. I guess it's a it's an initial trust issue if you see something that looks current you're going to feel better about it and but you have an interesting prediction uh about um this uh, a potential backlash tell us about that yeah i think in the social media world whether it be linkedin or facebook or twitter or instagram and i see this a lot on linkedin and facebook in, in particular i think cause there's so much in authenticity um, where people are basically reposting other people's things and not having their own look that's Mm -hmm. distinctive from other people's by, you know, working with people who know how to do it, um, that it can be done from scratch really is making it look like the same old thing when you scroll through Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and all, and it's it's there's no distinction, and I think the people who are distinctive and doing it right are the minority. I don't think they're the majority, and so I think the other people get lost because no one's reading their items. You know, when I see someone posting a video that's three to five minutes long on LinkedIn or Facebook, I'm like, I don't understand because no one is reading it. You know, no one's going to look at it for that length of time. And so, but it isn't, it's, I think there will be a backlash. I think it's already starting. I mean, the numbers of views on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn in particular are decreasing. And so I think it's because people are just inundated and they, um, you've, run the fear of alienating your customers and your clients 
patients, whoever your target audience is, get you anymore. That's the danger. Um, if well, you're not you're, doing I think something you're, different, yeah. Your, your, your point ahead, is kind of uh, it, which, which you know, look. I'm I'm 60 years old. I rem, I've gone through. Uh, I remember you know the mimeograph machine. Remember the mimeograph machine? Uh, <laughs> then we went in. You know. Then we went right. Then we went into. <clears throat> we've gone through a cycle of things, new technology getting old faster and faster, like fax machines. For a while there, it was like, well, if you send a fax, people are really going to notice. Now nobody looks anymore. Uh, you know, If you send an email, right. well, people are really going to notice that. Now it's just crazy right. the number of emails we all get. So I think now, now it's on social media, and compound that with the fact that we've seen so many instances, including a you know, big revelations just in the last couple of days about how people are puffing themselves up on social media to look better than they are, and do we trust any of it? Correct, and, and that's the danger. So I tend to only work with people that I really, I mean, I won't work with anyone that's not, doing a great job at their company like that I have to I have to believe my core value I have to believe um, in what they're selling and that it's coming from a, a truly um, you know a place of not only wanting to get the bottom line but truly wanting to help others in some way mm-hmm. and so you know and and I think Unfortunately, there are a lot of great, great, fabulous companies out there and individuals, experts, who are not getting the visibility because they're not um, their their branding isn't the way it should be. Um, and yeah, those other people, I, like I always say, you could sell yourself crazy in a great way, but if your product sucks or your service sucks. I hope I'm allowed to say sucks on the air. I've said it three times. Um, you're not going to, you're at, you know, you're going to be found out. You know, that I always tell my children, you know, a lie is a lie is a lie, and it always reveals itself at one point. It, it could take 30 years, but it'll come out. So you have to be truthful in what you're selling to people. So we don't align ourselves with anyone who's not. We really do a comprehensive look at, what, where they started and why they started doing what they're doing. You know, my, I started because I want to tell the truth and help people. And so if it's coming from a place of goodness, then you're going to win. So why not win in every category and get the most mm-hmm. revenue, make the most money, and help more people? Because, you know, you, I had one client who had a, wrote a book, Make More Money, Help More People. Right, and that's really um, that's very true. And I thought it was great—a brilliant book title that she wrote. Um, so yeah, I I really feel that uh, you know when I'm dealing with an older client, um, I'll say, well, why don't you have an Instagram account? Oh, well, you know, I, I don't have any CEOs that are you know really that I train or work with that are millennials or you know. And I said, mm-hmm. what's right, the right. youngest? You know, who's the youngest CEO you have? Oh, like 28, 29. Well, they're a millennial, first of all. And then second of all, what about all those other brilliant people coming up the pike who are going to evolve into, who are, you know, in that age range and younger, who've grown up with digital 
and who've also grown up with a little bit of before digital, um, those people that are on the cusp, you don't want to alienate them because they're on Instagram. And you don't want to alienate the younger people coming up, like my daughter's 25. Well, she she's a heavy hitter at the age of 25. And those kids exist because they've mm-hmm. learned faster, they've learned with technology, and so they're more likely to be successful at a much younger age. And they're on Instagram. So, But you have to use the tools of Instagram, Twitter, you have to use it appropriately to target to your exact audience, but you don't want to alienate the fringe because eventually they're going to be your core customer, even though you're going to be older. And if you want to have an exit out of your company at some point, you're going to bring in probably younger people at some point to take it over, and they're going to know that. I always use the example of Madonna and Cher. Okay, what has Madonna done so successfully and what has Cher done so successfully? They have evolved with um, the generations. Every generation that they've targeted, they've evolved with it and they have spoken to um, their audience um, while still staying hip and current. Um, The same with, um, and I'll use another entertainment reference, you know, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, they are still relevant and they're relevant across all demographics of audience. And Mm -hmm. it's the same for business. That's just an entertainment example. I think if you don't want to risk becoming a dinosaur, you know, like Jane Fonda is 80, I think, right? I'm not 70. She's in their 80s. Um, And the same with Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters evolved with time. And those are examples of entertainment entities, but in the business world, it's the same. So, or in any in any relevant service, you know, whether it's medical and it's an OBGYN group just servicing postmenopausal women, they're servicing you know eighteen year old women all the way through seventy. So, you know, you have to and you have to know the area who you're targeting. You know, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin have a new series out that's targeted to older women, but all women in all categories are watching it because it's hip, it's cool, mm-hmm. it's current. Mm-hmm. And um, while those sound like very um, simplistic words, they're really not. You know, um, that's what this generation wants to see, you know. And so you have to just evolve. You can't say stay stagnant, and neither can your service, or your product, that can't right. stay stagnant either. You know, it has to all be congruent. So, anyway, right. The, the, the old days of, yeah. uh, of uh, uh, spray and pray <laughs> for your marketing um, don't seem to, you know, that, that's, that's a big question, and there's probably not a, a single good answer to this question that is, you know, how many fragments, uh, how many messages does a uh, a product provider that's going out let's say uh you know we see uh car commercials we might see four or five different car commercials uh based on the demographic they're trying to appeal to your branding really has to resonate with that particular demographic and now there are you know what five or six different 
generational de- demographics. It used to be like, you know, one message will probably hit um, three or four demographics or generations, I should say, um, pretty well. But nowadays it seems like we need a different message for just about every every generation. Uh, how How true is that? Um, I I think Cadillac is a great example of this. Cadillac was, you know, the older generation's car, and then they redesigned it, and they not they built this huge entity in I believe it's in New York City. Yeah, it's definitely in New York City downtown. It's this entire space showing all the different designs of the Cadillac car, but they took that for the older generation who wants to drive it, and they made it a hip space. So you could go there if you're a young millennial who wants to work remotely. You can have meetings there. that You can eat there. You can buy hip clothing there um, by this very hip um, Brooklyn designer if you're a young person, it's something that parents and kids go to together. So I think you can keep the message to the same demographic, but you have to, you have to reveal it in, you have Mm -hmm. to message it in different ways, but it all has to come from the same place. Meaning um, and, right. it, and it was always, you know, an interesting car, but now it's more interesting. And so people love it, you know. And so I thought that that was a really good example of how they how they took a brand that was older and struggling and made it fresh without sending it to too many different audiences. Um, I think it's a mistake to um, market it differently uh, from, you know, from whatever platform you're using. I, d- I don't think it's a good idea to do that. I think it's a much better idea to take the same message but present it differently. Um, so you're still messaging, whether it's scaling branding or, um, you know, how to build a million-dollar business, whatever your team building is, whatever the topic is, but it's the way you present it to the audience Um, because it doesn't matter if someone's 70 or they're 25. If it is interesting to look and they're all going to read it um, because it'll be a fresh perspective, but it's still, it still matches up with your core value of, of who you're trying to reach. You just may reach more people as a result of presenting it differently. And that's why we branding is such a passion of mine because it's, it's the presentation that's missing right now um, that I see when people come to me, you know, I've been doing this on my own now for four and a half, five years. And it's what's, what I'm seeing is the same story over and over again is that they, they they're, they're incongruent on all platforms, including how they're selling to their product, their their um, clients or patients or whoever. And that's the problem. So I don't think it's about trying to be different to, to each group. 
If does that answer your question? Do you, you yeah, know, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, great right? information. Uh, I could talk about this all day, but it's time for us to move on. But before we, before I do, <laughs> Renee, tell me about, uh, tell our, our listeners very quickly about your uh, new website address. Sure. Um, if people want to reach out to us, they can reach out to us at the M as a Mary brand dot com. Um, is it okay to give out a phone number or no? I mean, I of can, course, yeah. Can I? Please, please do. Oh, okay, they can also call us at the office number, which is six four six five seven four zero six one three, and they can ask for me. Um, and we do a free uh, assessment um, for anybody who's inquiring our services. Uh, we kind of, you know, do a, a little bit of a, a review of the M brand uh, fix of, of what we would do for them. Um, and, and yeah, so thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it very much. Renee Towell, very, very good to talk with you. Thanks so much for your valuable tips. And uh, I look forward to uh, continuing this conversation at some other time in the future. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 